Welcome to this really fun interview with uh, Dave Damashek, who's somebody I've I've long admired the Twitter feed of and his uniform, um, I don't know, connoisseur status. We talked about uniforms. Uh, we talked about the divisional round each game. We talked about Tom Brady. We hit on a little bit of everything, and I really like talking to Dave. So hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed doing it. So this is a um, this is an exciting one. Dave Damashek joining us. Somebody one of my favorite follows on Twitter.com. A really toxic place and somebody who always brings the positive, good football content. Dave's joining us. Uh, Dave Damashek football program. You see his Twitter handle there. Follow him. All that stuff. Dave, how we doing, man? Well, I'm doing well. Better uh, for your company on the uh, on the. Uh whatever it is, the Skype thing here, but yeah, it's uh, Skype. we got it working this week. We that's what some, it's called. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's called. Uh, listen, <laughs> what a thrill to, to join the great Chris long, your Jersey, whether you know it or not, it does hang in, uh, in studio 66, where I do my podcast at the NFL, no shit. the, the number 56 hangs for all of time, the white Jersey, because we kibitzed about it in the moments after <laughs> you completed the feat against yeah. Brady and company. We hung it for all of time. You were named our uh, our favorite uh, football playing uh, football playing guest a couple of years ago. So, nice. uh, so what a thrill! And in fact, you are the reason. Another thing you don't know about is I anointed those Eagles America's team. I think it should be a moving title. Oh, you yeah. and Malcolm Jenkins, you with your arm around him, and yep. everybody said. Oh, that kind of stuff can't happen on a football field. Well, you kind of took that one away when you went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we kind of that 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 hypothesis on the other end kind of fell flat on its face, didn't it? Uh, it yeah, it, it, and then the other thing that fell on its face was the curse of you can't wear a white jersey and win the Super Bowl because, as you said to me down on the field, so much for that curse. I love that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we and we talk uniforms. All the time, like I'm DMing you about, like, hey, what do you think of this uniform? Tweet. Some people are, get tired of it. I, I haven't heard anybody say that outright, but we never get tired of the uniform thing. Me and my co-host Macon, who's not here yet, um, we went through a whole thing on Wild Card Weekend. We were going to have you on, but Skype was messed up. Uh, what did you think of last week's slate uh, visually for your visual palette? You know. It is always weird as a side note. What kind of people, how can you be completely apathetic about the uniform? I don't know. I don't know. What do yeah, I care dude. about them? Because you're looking at them for three and a half hours. What do you mean you don't <laughs> have no opinion on what, what, whether you like them or not? I don't get that either. I don't get, and I don't get, I don't get either people that are, uh, you know, they don't care about the stadium, you know, natural, natural grass, indoor, outdoor, like all that stuff to me matters. If I watch two teams that are, different shades of red playing each other indoor, I'd almost rather watch any other sport. You know, like, you name it. Arkansas, Texas A&M, indoor, I don't care if they're number one or number two in the country. It hurts my brain to watch that. Man, see, we park our cars in the same garage on this. <laughs> I can't imagine how people just are ambivalent about it. Ah. It's, it's akin to, I love to ask pro football players specifically yeah. new England Patriots when it was Brady and Jimmy G. Yeah. I love to ask Patriots who's more handsome between the two <laughs> and then including the both of them. And everybody's answers like, I don't know, bro. Well, what do I know about how dudes look at that? And I say, well, I think it's Brady. And they're like, Oh really? You think he's better looking? You're than like, Jimmy oh, I'm G? not so like, sure about that. I had an opinion. I just didn't share with you. Uh, by the way, it's Brady. <laughs> Brady, I mean, like, ah, come on, Brady. That's I right. mean, he's like, he's in his forties. He's got the 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 Aaron Eckhart, uh, you know, butt chin or what? I don't know if that's a butt mm -hmm. chin going on. I mean, the guy doesn't age. It's like it's a lot like on the field. Although this year, we and we'll get to that in a minute. We did see some signs of aging, but I think it might have been the context uh, with which he was under which he was operating uh, up there in New England. But I'll start with my worst uh, uniform okay. matchup last week. I would say the Eagles-Seahawks was, as you put it as well, was dreary. I mean, like, it matched the overcast sky in Philly, you know, that whole dusk thing. Um, I could have used yes. some different combinations there. How could they have fixed that? Well, I mean, 
you know, you I, I think that the Eagles are constantly considering going back to the Kelly Green. Their getups that what's vexing with so many NFL teams is and, and I judge the ones that have within their closets in the in history better options that they could roll with. The Seahawks are one of those teams. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, the Jim Zorn. If you don't know the era, I encourage you to to Google. Oh, I like Jim the Steve Largens. Is that yeah? I like right. the Steve Largens with the black shoes. See, these little details are everything. They the are. black shoes, <laughs> the gray face mask, yep. the gray hats, and so on. Mm -hmm. Those were those were great uniforms, mm -hmm. and definitely better than like you say. The drab ones. I always look at Super Bowl Forty Nine. is uh, is one of the great Super Bowls ever. The Malcolm Butler game and all that. Yes. Um, but the only thing that really hurts it more than anything else, legitimately, every time it comes on or every time I see highlights, I'm always thinking, "Wow, what a great game this was." Too bad the uniforms looked the way they did because yeah. it was all whole. It was too much navy. Yeah, there was a navy. lot of navy. You can't have full navy on one side and a navy pant on the other. Although I will say, from playing in New England. Uh, that was one of my – maybe my second favorite uniform was the the New England Road uniform. You might not like it because all those Heinz Field battles that you've watched. Um, but it's a, it's, 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 it's a high sock excuse. For guys that want to wear high socks like myself and were incurring fines throughout my entire career, I built into my contract, hey, if we're playing a primetime game, I'm rolling my fucking socks up and I'm going to mm. eat the check, whatever. But when I was in New England, you had an excuse, and I thought those were really sharp and they, they, they looked good, especially at night. I wasn't a fan of the home uh, Navy tops. But, yeah, I totally hear you. Too much Navy – can be a big problem. You, yeah, you, and it's and and I, I also like them better. I like these Patriots uniforms better um, without the satin finish. They've been improved by going with the flat finish on the navy pants. But either way, the thing that they should do is, and then it fit, it, it fits into a nice distinct era. Is pretty much those uniforms. People forget that there was like a weird variation of royal blue when Drew Bledsoe yeah. played Brett Favre in the Super Bowl. That was kind of that look, the flying Elvis and all that. Yeah. But then as Brady arrives, they go to the darker blue, but still flying Elvis. When he's done there, they should immediately the next day go back to Pat Patriot and then let that era just stand on its own and go back to the old Patriots getups because those are the one thing that were better about the 20th century Patriots than the 21st century. And Patriots. and and I agree with you. Uh, you talking the red tops, white helmet. You like those. That's I love yeah, those. Those, those I, are about as good as it gets. They are great. Is there a single team, as we digress on uniforms, is there a single team that wouldn't be better off with their old school uniforms in the in the NFL? Because I think the same way in the NBA, not to go too far yeah. off on a tangent, but a lot of these these uh, these nineties Utah Jazz ish, Denver Nuggets, you know, even like some of these other ones I thought were ugly. They are so much better than what they have right now in the NBA. Is there an NFL team that actually has improved in your eyes? Well, I mean, yeah, it's always they, they go back to what was good. It sounds like everybody dabbles with nonsense and then they revert back. They, they come to their senses, the Seahawks notwithstanding. The Broncos are another one. I mean, I'm not answering your question. I'm going the other way. No, I'm, I know. I mean, the creamsicles are better. I, I cannot. I could not play well in the Buccaneers uniforms. I physically could not sign with them in free agency because of their uniforms. Well, I, I appreciate your, uh, your stance. Tough but fair. The worst Tough ones, or well, one of the ones that are the worst and they realized it, is, uh, is the Browns. It's so embarrassing that they are one of 32 professional football franchises known the world over. Everybody knows the NFL, and yet they have such low self-esteem that they have to <laughs> that they have to write the word Browns on their pants. Yes, I hate that, dude. Uh, and you know what? For having brown and orange uniforms, you look perfectly fine when you go to the the tried and true stuff. You know, I, I guess if I'm looking backwards, the, the Bills now. I'm t like the Jim Kellys are brilliant. Um, and, and See, I don't like those ones so much. And I, I don't li like the I like the Josh Allen's and the Jim Kellys. Now the ones that I can't stand are the Aaron Schobels. You know, <laughs> those are the worst. I are the Ross Tuckers or whatever else you want to call them. Like whatever. those weird alouettes kind of. That, yes. That's what they look like. They took the Seahawks dreary uh, blue, you know, from like the Sean Alexander. And by the way, the Sean Alexander Seahawks, I wasn't a fan of. There was a whole post 2000 period where we got kind of depressing with the unis. 
Um, it, it, I look back. I don't like the. I don't. I don't know what you think about the Steelers, uh, the Bumblebee ones, but I'm not a fan of those. The, the I love those. Okay. I know people hate. I know people get crazy about those. I think they re. I think they are definitely distinctive. Yeah. Uh, but I. I thought they looked really cool. And this is not me being a Steelers homer. Yeah. Because I hated the gold hats with the black jerseys and right. the white pants. I thought those looked uh, atrocious. Yeah. But uh, I. I happen to like the Bumblebee, and I also like the. Uh, the color rush, the head to toe black that the Steelers. No, I, I I like the color rush a lot. And now I might have found the answer to my own question here as I Google. Now listen, as you go down the list here, I mean you've got the any Chargers throwback is brilliant. I love the Dolphins throwbacks. We've talked about those before yeah. that they wear you know more often now than not. It seems like I don't watch a lot of Dolphins games, but um, the Packers Acme, whatever you call those things with the circle in the middle and the number. Not a fan of those. They try too hard, yes. They're yes. a little precious. Now, I'm looking at a picture of DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't know if this is um this is this is Photoshop, but he has the white top Oilers jersey on and it looks just marvelous. Mar- I don't know why they can't go back to those. Oh. I understand it's a different franchise and everything, but uh yeah, they could absolutely just embrace the Houston pro football tradition, go with the powder blue. Yes. I mean, that's that's the way, man. Those yes. are about as good as it gets. I don't the to answer your question, the what so yes. I'm trying to think. I everybody, I guess, pretty much does had had better uniforms than they currently do. I'm trying to think. The Ex- Falcons, the, the Steve Warkowski the- era, the all reds. Yeah. I mean the red hats and red jerseys with the gray pants, man. Yep. The Deion Sanders era got them sideways and they haven't come back from it yet. I agree. And and I'll throw this in there so people know I'm not a homer because everybody thinks of me as a big birds fan because I spent the last two years there. But the, uh, I don't know if that's the Swedish, uh, the Swedish throwbacks there for the, the Swedish contingency up there. What, what oh, nationality yeah. is that? Um, Anyways, not a fan of those. Um, nah. And and if I had to throw one more in the ring that I love, it was the Bears uh, that they they played the uh, the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk, rock bottom this year. I think it was the uniforms. He, he they were too elite. I loved them. I I, I thought those, I thought those were dynamite. dynamite. Those looked uh, those looked really really good. That I mean the Broncos have almost never had a bad uniform until now. Yeah, <laughs> um, they could go with almost any of their options. Their old AFL ones are super cool, and they wore them in '94 in the whatever year that was of the league. Uh, it was whatever they did the throwbacks for mm-hmm. when they had the like the blue shoulders with the with the orange jerseys I'm and the orange right hats. It was like that Don Quixote kind of artwork on the side of that with the weird skeletal kind of horse. Kinda oh yeah! Thing. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Those are actually pretty tight. Let, you 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 dial me up, man. I'll, I'll go for seven and a half. I hours know I could you. talk all day, but like last weekend, I thought the strongest game was Viking Saints. Uh, you know, yes. Okay, we agree on that. I agree. I I mean, I I in my mind's eye, if you tell, like if they're going to go head to toe po- purple, it wouldn't look great. It was maybe a little bit much for me. Right. Um. The thing with the the, the thing that ails the Vikes get ups, in my opinion is and it may be a small matter to most but that black face mask makes no sense they got tommy kramer look at the white face mask look how i mean it looks so clean all you have to do is look at the kc chiefs the white face mask is everything on those it's the same thing with the rams the rams need to get rid of the dark face mask and get and go with a gray one this this these little details mean so much oh my god and what are that like when i used to play for the rams i used to hear rumblings like i'd hear in philly that hey they're going back to kelly green with the rams you're going back to the eric dickersons and i was excited because every time we wore the eric dickersons we would run mm. through a wall um and 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 looking at it when they moved i thought at least that would be something they'd hang their hat on but they would wear that white helmet with the ugliest gold and like the St. Louis Rams uniforms were awful. They were just bad. The gold. Well, they look like it's, it's, I always, I always say about uh, like what they got into once they got back to LA. Yes. Kind of started in St. Louis, but then it, where they were trying to morph them into something else with the white horns and everything, but they still had the metallic gold trim on the Jersey, but nowhere else. It looked like, um, if, if, uh, some kid said on Halloween, um, to his mom, like, I want to go as a football man for Halloween. And she went to TJ Maxx and like pieced something together, like a bunch of disparate parts. Like, yeah, 
That's cool. You look like a football man. Like, but I'm not on a team. I just look random and weird, mom. You know? you know what it looks like to me is Kansas City when they went to play New England earlier this year and they almost didn't get their equipment. And uh, I thought they were going to have to go to Dick's Sporting Goods. That's that's kind of what it looks like to me. But talking about real football, because some people don't love it as uh, the uniform thing as much as you and me. Let's go through the games this weekend. What do you see game by game? We'll start with the first one. Vikings-Niners, which might be the the game I'm most looking forward to. Uh, what are the keys to victory for both sides as you look at it? Well, I have uh, – this is the pick that I have the least amount of confidence in. Right. I'll go with the Niners to win it. 23-21, and I think that um, – I mean, I, I was surprised last week. I thought that the Dalvin Cook injury was going to be as soon as the Vikings went out. Uh, once the Saints beat them, I thought that in the locker room afterwards, we would start hearing like, yeah, Dalvin was never 100% right. after the injury. And that's right. why – but he looked dynamite. He was he was banging uh, on that Saints D pretty good, and he is the X factor. He always right. seems to be no matter whether Thielen's out there or otherwise, and the storyline becomes Kirk and all that kind of stuff. I think the the thing that's similar on both sides is that both uh, both teams can really rush the QB, and mm-hmm. I think that whichever one of those two guys you buy is going to handle that a little bit better, um, is going to win the game. Like I say, I'm going to take Jimmy G and company at home, but narrowly. Um, I, can, I, I think both guys probably are going to really – be under pressure all day long. I don't know how they are. Working. They are, and I worry. I worry more so about that O line for Minnesota. Obviously, as you saw when it's it. when when that run game isn't rolling and they can't get the play action going, and he does have a longer shot clock because a lot of his snap to release are skewed by play action pass. But you know, you looked at Week 17 against I think it was against the Packers, and you said this team ain't doing anything in the playoffs. But the one difference between that team and the rest of the teams is they seem to have been getting healthier as they go into playoffs. They were getting Dalvin Cook well. They're getting Thielen well, who, of course, is battling an ankle injury. He'll play. I mean, I, you know, whatever. You know, and an illness for for uh, for Diggs. The funny thing about Kirk to me is everybody keeps moving the goalposts. You know, I understand the trend, and, and we have such a, a weird way of evaluating quarterbacks. We can't ignore history. It's like people were stubbornly not taking Tom out of their f- top five or ten this year. Top, he wasn't a top 10 quarterback this year. That's okay. He's the GOAT. Kirk Cousins was the top 10 quarterback to me this year. His history becomes irrelevant when he when, when he gets ready to go to Dallas to win in a primetime game. Everybody says he's never won the big one, so yet he's not going to win this one. Then he beats them, and they say, well, this isn't the big one. It's the Cowboys, which I might agree with, but you can't have it both ways. And when you go to New Orleans, that's as tough a place to play in the playoffs as you can get. So he passed that test, and this is just how we drew it up, right? Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, battling it out, two games from the Super Bowl. Here's the key for me. Make the Niners drive the length of the field. You know, Jimmy G's Mm -hmm. thrown 13 picks on the air. They're not that great in the red zone as a team. They're bottom third. The Vikings defensively are very good in the red zone. If you can make them drive the length of the field, no Debo Samuel uh, bombs, no Sanders bombs. They're number one defending the tight end in the league. So that's a big one with Kittle. If they can make them drive the length of the field, Jimmy G will make mistakes. And he's thrown three picks in the red zone. He's thrown three picks on shots this year. That's the formula. And then on the other side of it, how disrespected does Minnesota's defensive line feel? Because I think they're better than the defensive line in San Francisco. And they're probably tired of hearing about them. Well, a few things. First of all, I can't believe that grown-ups who make the amount of money and have the physical ability of you and your peers can still actually find motivation in what random people say about like, we're disrespected as a position group and we'll show all of you. But I, you know, I get that uh, no team in 30 years has won a championship without being able to claim that no one outside our locker room (laughs) believes in us, even though I I love the Pats doing that because they're just perpetually good, which we'll get to it. It was so funny after we did the underdog thing, then they started to try to whisper about the underdog thing last year. It's like, dude, you guys are the Patriots. We were, we were, why why are 70,000 people showing up to cheer for you? Cause they're masochists. They (laughs) they don't believe in you. They do. Um, But yes, you're right about the narratives and it's why you shouldn't have preseason polls in college football. It's because People like to self-validate. That's yep. part of the human condition. So yep. once you decide that Kirk Cousins isn't clutch, now you have to look for evidence that proves that point. And as far as that goes, I think Jimmy G also suffers a little bit from that. Everybody continues to look at him as the weak link. Everybody keeps saying that roster is loaded, but Jimmy G will be there undoing. Perhaps he will be, but in the meantime... Let's just let it play out. 
He, well, I mean, he has, uh, in the first half of the season, he was much more a passenger on the, uh, on the dominant ride that the Niners were on. But in the second half of the season, including his last game, if you think yeah. back to the clink in the second half, when, when the world was caving in on those Niners and Russell Wilson was doing his usual Russell yep. Wilson stuff and they were pulling off a rally that you thought was impossible. Jimmy G was intermittently still making big throws yeah. in the second half. I mean, yeah. really some, some nice throws there. The idea that this team hasn't been tested yet and we'll have to wait and see what, what they're going to – they've played in so many big games this year, high-profile games, starting with that one against the Browns, which in hindsight seems fraudulent. But remember how they housed the, the Browns yeah. and that was supposed to be a big test game to the Seattle game in Santa Clara. In Baltimore, they gave the Ravens as, as good a run as any team did yeah. after September. And, I mean, I, I don't know how much more evidence we need that with the, I mean, with the division on the line, they did go into the clink and beat the Seahawks. I don't know how much more evidence we need that this team is not going to be shaken by the circumstances. Which is a real, which to your point, um, out of any team, if you're going to question, and along with Seattle, because Seattle, you look at it one of two ways, and we'll get to them. They got a plus, point, uh, plus seven point differential in the year. You could look at that. A lot of times we do this. We say, Oh, well, that team hadn't been tested. And then when they've been tested, they've been a lot of close games. You know, it's either Clemson, they haven't played anybody, or it's, hey, the Seahawks have barely beaten anybody. Well, you can say the same about the 49ers. They have dominated people. They've won close games. They won 9 nothing at Washington in the rain. They won a tight game against the Ravens. Then they turn around and win a shootout in New Orleans. They, and then they lose to, you know, all their losses have been by one score. They mm -hmm. lose and win in a ton of different ways. So this team is battle-tested, and you talk about intangibles. I believe in their leadership as much as any team in the in the playoffs right now. I mean, between, like, wild dudes like Kittle, you know, to Staley, who's been around, who thought probably, I missed my opportunity, that was it, now we're back. Guys that understand it, to Jimmy G, who came from New England, to a whole host of guys on that, to Sherman, who's re reinvigorated that defense with his leadership. I mean, I, I, their intangibles are as good as anybody in the playoff, if you believe in that stuff. So you predicted what was the score there that's going to happen? I'll be 23-21 home team. I'll say okay. the Niners survived that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm doing my prediction with, uh, with Make when he gets here because uh, cause, cause he's really into this predicting the score thing. It's not like anybody ever cares unless you get it right. It's like a crapshoot. I love it. So that's the point, but that's why you do it, man. Yeah. See, that's the savvy move because yeah. if you hit just once, you brag on it for the next three and a half exactly, years. Exactly. And you, you, you don't bring <laughs> up any of the stuff you missed. So that's why, yeah, you ignore. Yeah. Then that never gets uh, brought up again, but yeah, I mean, I had, I was legitimately talk about self-validating. I'm sitting on the couch watching the overtime game in Houston last week. I had the bills winning at 22, 19, and so it was at 19. Uh, Come on, Bills, make me look good. Me That's too. All I had the Bills by three. And then my co my yeah, and then my co-host had him had the the Titans 19-16. So when they started coming back, he was in my house and he's like, "Well, I got to run, but they're gonna they're gonna prove me right." At sixteen nothing, he said they're gonna come back and win nineteen sixteen, and they damn near did. So let's go to Titans Ravens. Uh, what do you think the the keys are here for you? Um, I love, uh, you know, as somebody who loves the, the, the fairly recent history, I love that, um, in January of 2001, I think it was the, um, the Ravens were the, were the mighty kind of, uh, wild card coming in there and the Titans were the best mm -hmm. team in the AFC. And you, uh, the play I always think about the iconic one is, uh, Eddie George, the ball kind of sitting up on his shoulder on a pass from Steve McNair and Ray Lewis taking it off and yep. running it in to clinch the game. So I wonder, um, I know that, uh, revenge, uh, 20 years later is meaningless. Come on. No, these guys, that's all they're thinking about. To your point. Yeah, I know they don't <laughs> care. They, they, most of them uh, were two, if, yeah. if even born at that point. But, um, I think the Ravens will win, but to completely contradict what I said, I think they win 27, 24. Okay. And I think that, um, to completely go against, this is the thing. I don't know if we'll ever see this. This is not diminishing the Ravens, what they've done this season. It's the opposite of it because of their historic dominance in terms of point differential and all of that. I mean, it really is crazy. It's, it, it would be based on the last five years of evidence. It would be crazy if they didn't at least reach the title game mm -hmm. for given their point differential and, yeah. and otherwise. Um, but uh, we have not seen 
the, the latest they've been down in a game since September is four points with seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. They have not, they haven't gotten into the locker room. Was that Buffalo? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. No, they weren't down the Buffalo. Okay. Half, who who are they down for to? I think I, they went down early to, to the Niners, but then that they was quickly it. Yeah. Yeah. Them. That was it. Mm hmm. I think a Seattle, they were down at some point in that game in the in the early in the set in the first half. Yep. Um, but I mean, it's it's pretty rare that they've even been in a close game. Yeah. And I do wonder when all of a sudden the situation changes, something that you've never been in. And the 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 thing I talk about all the time is the curse of Sposta. I think that's a legitimate plague, the Madden curse and all of that. I think when you're the Ravens. You are now supposed to win. And yeah. everybody in that joint is going to feel that energy and it'll be feel good as long as they have the lead. Right. If you get to the second half, especially against Derrick Henry, and he starts and they start trying to spin the clock on you with that guy banging away three yards in a cloud of dust, I legitimately feel that that nervous anxiety starts in the stands and permeates its way. And I've talked to a lot of guys who are on both sides of it when their team is getting upset or when they're a part of a team that's yeah. rallying and Cinderella and on the road and all that. And they say that oh, you can feel the negative energy start to come in and, and you start to see the clock ticking down on you and you realize the season's over. We have, we don't have 18 minutes left in this game. We have 18 minutes left in the season if we don't right. come back. So I would be curious to see if they could get into that situation. Meantime, the Titans are freed of any expectation. They have a devil-may-care attitude. They're not supposed to do anything. Right. So advantage them in this one. And I do the, – the thing the I think the recency bias that is getting in the way for a lot of people with the Titans right now is people say, yeah, they did beat the Patriots, but they only put up 14 points. So they can't hang with the Ravens. They're, look at the points they put up since Ryan Tannehill took over. 30 a game. Yes, they were, they were playing – they were playing the back to the wall defending world champion dynasty Patriots in Foxborough. They weren't going to go out easy. The Patriots in the rain, right? I mean, so, so I mean, that's not something to point to. Like, well, the Titans can't score points because they didn't do it against the number one ranked defense nope. fighting for their lives. You nope. know that that I can see that the different the thing is though Jimmy Smith is another one of my dumb theories is the Jenga theory. And that's that in the 21st century, every football team is going to lose some pieces. The key is to not lose the wrong piece because then the whole thing implodes. And Jimmy Smith, for whatever reason, when he's out there versus not, that defense is completely different. It's kind of on the level of D Ford with yeah. the nine. Yeah. And his return makes a big difference in the Absolutely. previous game. But Jimmy Smith is going to be in this game. And that defense really does. It was mediocre. And that's why I thought. I thought the Lamar Jackson thing would work this year. I kept saying it all through the preseason. Yeah. This is going to dominate the NFL for one year, but I don't know if the defense is good enough to support that. They can't let other teams just grind them out going the other way. Right. But as soon as Jimmy Smith got back, that defense really tightened up. They're hard to run in with a run on with Brandon Williams and, and, and the rest of them. Um, I do think the Ravens win, but I bet you they do get a little scared. Oh, it's going to be tight, and and you make some great points. And on the Jimmy Smith thing, we had Ed Reed on. We do the M Amazon show on Thursday nights, and he joined us. And by the way, Ed Reed is as cool, and you've probably been around him, as you could imagine a Hall of Famer being. That's no guarantee that Hall of Famers are cool or down to earth. This guy's a guy you'd want to play with. You'd want to, you know, if he was a coach, you'd want to play for. We talked about that because, you know, it was one of those things when, um, when they get the guy from L.A. in Peters, you know, mm -hmm. they, they have this this statistical um, ascension defensively, and a lot of people mistook it for just Marcus Peters. And Jimmy was, to your point, a huge piece. The veteran leadership, his size, um, some different things they can do in that defense because of him. And, yeah, they got Humphrey and all that stuff, but um, I think that's a great point. Also, with Vrabel coming in, and to your point, when you – First off, Rabel reminds me of Tomlin when he came in. It infused a swagger and an attitude on that team. When you see Rabel talking shit to players, I love that because that means the players drawing at him, but he's a player at heart. He's not a coach. And it's that same kind of energy that Tomlin, I thought, brought to Pittsburgh. Vrabel's bringing that same confidence. We don't give a fuck. We're not supposed to be here. We, we're we're going to go win this thing. And I thought last week everything from them pounding the ball relentlessly at New England – 
to running time off the clock. Everything's like a, hey, buddy, I'm poking you. I'm, I'm variable. I used to play for you. And now, oh, you want me to set the edge like when I played for you? You set the edge. Derrick Henry is going to get the ball 35 times. The most carries the guy's had in the playoffs since Sean Alexander in like 04. And by the way, one thing to, to, to watch there is anybody that, that's, that's carried the ball 30 more times in the wild card round, the next week none have had 100-plus yards or 25 carries the next week. So that's my biggest worry. Wow. That's my biggest worry with, with Henry. But if they can get Henry in space and make those guys tackle, I'm looking at Marcus Peters in the secondary in Baltimore – that is a win for them, and get the ball off tackle. Another thing for the Titans, they gave up a ton of sacks this year, okay? They shored that up last week. Now, I don't think much of New England's pass rush, but they create pressure. Only one sack last week, so that's a good thing. Since Luan got back, things have been better. If they can keep him clean against a team that blitzes a ton with a quarterback who's like number one against the blitz quietly, they're going to be all right. And, and to your point, when you're on the road, as a dog even, you never relax. Every play, every first down, guys are getting off the bench like, yeah, like it's different than when you're at home and you're supposed to win. When you are on the road, like when we went to New Orleans last year in the playoffs and we quite possibly could have won that game. I know could have, would have, should have, but I felt like we kicked their ass for a long time and they won. A drop, a fake punt, those type of things. The entire game, you're just so charged up. You can't, you can't stop fist pumping pushing each other, yelling in each other's faces. When you're at home and you're favorited, to your point, you get a lead, you're kind of like, ah, let's just get out of here. That's not how mm-hmm. the Titans are going to play this game. And, you know, the 12-game winning streak, the Ravens, you talked about not getting tested. You almost wish, if you're a Ravens fan, injuries notwithstanding, that you just had gone right into the playoffs. Because it's one of those things that you've been hot this long. It's almost like, a yeah, let's fade this thing. They're do a bad game. Tight end's a big deal, though. Tennessee has not been good defending tight ends. Keep an eye on the Hurst injury and keep an eye on Ingram. But it's going to be a tight game, and I can't wait to see this one. It's going to be physical, and Baltimore's allowed 21 points or less in the last 11 games. The Titans are 1-6 and when scoring 21 or less. That was last week. Keep an eye on that magic number. I do think it's going to be tight in the 20s for both of them. Listen, yeah, I think it's interesting um, to hear all that stuff. The thing with Tannehill, too, is as good as he's been throwing the ball – the the factor that he brings it it's it, it's funny that people kind of ignore is with that RPO uh, stuff the way he legitimately puts it into Henry's belly and then goes the other way I mean it is interesting to see I mean obviously the Ravens are um, seeing that in practice a lot but that is an extra layer that uh, that people are kind of sleeping on the Tannehill is making plays running the ball a little bit but oh, the yeah. other thing is too. Derrick Henry's a big story and people have come around that become aware of AJ Brown, but those young, big receivers, man, that's, I, oh. they may meet that the best secondary in the NFL is the Ravens, but yeah. man, those, those receivers uh, with uh, Tennessee specifically, obviously AJ Brown, but AJ Brown they, dude. how did he slip that far? I'm like, I don't know this guy. He looks like he's going to be a generationally good player. I mean, that stretch in December, he's got a 50 yard play every week. I mean, even when he didn't get a catch against Houston in the game they lost the first game, he, he, he had a reverse for like 50 yards. I mean, the guy is just a stud. And another thing is the Ravens play a ton of man coverage. Tannehill's been good against man. So how, how are they going to – it's it's a hidden chess match here that Tannehill is forcing people to – and I it feels like I'm drunk saying this in, in 2020. Tannehill is keeping coordinators up in – I mean, I never would have thought that when I was playing him in Miami, but it just goes to show you how important scheme, a fresh start, and surroundings are. So kudos to Vrabel for making that change this year. I mean, this guy, four years in the league till he got his first head job, a lot of people would say, with everything we're talking about, and they're very, it's, very, uh, it's very poignant to talk about it, but this guy has had a, a rapid ascension into a really good coach. and, and he It's fits- crazy, too. And by the way, you're giving him kudos. How about the the Titans uh, organization? Yeah. They win a playoff game in Arrowhead. Wonky, remember Mariota yeah. bonked the ball off somebody and he caught it and ran it in and all that stuff. But still, they win a playoff game. They make the playoffs and then they punt their head coach to yeah. bring in Vrabel. That's a yeah. that's a pretty bold move. It's it's akin to whatever it was eight ten years ago when the Niners are in the midst. They they lose on Kyle Williams fumbling a couple of punts. Yeah. That's how far they are from the Super Bowl. Midway through the next season, they're like, 
Yeah, Alex Smith is good. Let's go with the other kid. Yeah. Let's go. Let, let's roll with Kaepernick. It's that kind of bold decision. And it made sense like, and it works. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, so, I mean, uh, yeah, kudos to all those guys. I mean, they, I used to hate the Titans. I don't know what it was, but I just didn't like them. I didn't care to watch them. And since Tannehill got there, my favorite team. So, um, Texas, Kansas, Tex, Texans, Kansas City, everybody talks about, me and Stanford Steve talks about, talk about this. There's always going to be one blowout, blowout in the divisional round. I'm not going to outthink this one. I think it's going to be a blowout. What do you think? Yeah, aside from the devil-may-care attitude, we shouldn't even be here because we fluked our way past the Bills last week kind of factor. And also, legitimately, Deshaun Watson is kind of, sort of, in in broad strokes, I guess you could make, you, you could say, He's a little bit of the Russell Wilson of um, of the AFC in that he can just steal a game in the fourth quarter that right. they have no business winning. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, Mahomes and company, 31-20. They should, they should whip this team. My concern for them, the reason that they'll win this week, but what concerns me the following week is that um, – Watching that Colts game when the Colts went in there midseason into Arrowhead and just banged on them all night long, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs had no answer to it. And I, I just kept saying for the next uh, six weeks after that, well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes notwithstanding, this team is not going to win three or four playoff games um, with the inability to stop the rush. Somebody's right. going to run on them, and that'll be the end of their season, and, and that'll be that. But now it's the other way around. Now they're better defensively. They're yep. doing a better job against the run. But do they have – it's kind of um, – I think, you know, Alshon Jeffrey catches that pass from Nick Foles in NOLA. I would love to know how the how the rest of the season works out for the Eagles and beyond. I, how the, I think I might have that. another one. Well, yeah, exactly. And then that uh, creates another can of worms of mm-hmm. what would they have done with Wentz yeah. versus Foles and all that. Yeah. But anyhow. The difference between the 2017 Eagles and last year, as far as I'm concerned, is you lacked the guy who could just end the game for for you. You had uh, you had your your uh, you had Blunt yep. and Ajayi, and you didn't have anybody equivalent to that last year, and that was the difference. Who are the Chiefs? At? What are they going to do um, when they're trying to put a game away? Yeah. I don't. That, Damian Williams or who's I mean yeah. like are they going to throw Shady out there to try and finish a you game? You don't put Shady in the game because Shady carries the ball like a loaf of bread and every time yes, he does I'm so nervous. Now Williams has been a big play guy. Um but a you know 4 yards in cloud of dust guy. You know and that was what we we've missed and the Eagles have missed LeGarrette since even with the the addition of Miles Sanders who's been spectacular. You need a downhill guy, and Jordan Howard was supposed to be that guy. Couldn't stay healthy. I do worry about that. They they are going to get a lead at some point in this game because the Texans, to me, are one of the two teams in the playoffs that I just absolutely don't trust. As a little look ahead to the next game, I don't trust the Packers. Um, the Texans, if they start slow like they started at home against the Bills, it is going to be a bloodbath in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Steve Spagnola has done as good a job as he's done anywhere, and that includes the Giants' Super Bowl teams because – they are not that talented, save for Chris Jones and Frank Clark, like on defense. I do worry about Juan Thornhill. He's out, UVA uh, alum. We, we're safety you right now with Anthony Harris and, and Thornhill, but I worry about the big plays that way. But if you're going to bet on Kansas City getting beat by Deshaun, doing Deshaun things like he did at the end of the game, or a Duke Williams third and 18, or you know Josh Allen being Josh Allen, like that's not going to happen this week. I mean, this week... It's all about the Chiefs, and it's all about the Chiefs just taking care of business. So uh, I could talk about Deshaun all day. I'm not going to waste much time. J.J. Watt, you know, really heroic comeback, very quick from his injury, uh, and he had one big rush last week. He saved it up. He's going to need a lot if they're going to want to. And he's got. He has beaten Fisher in the past, but he can't single handedly beat them. They get Fuller back. That's good news. I think, first of all, two weeks for Andy Reid, the history suggests that uh, he does a great job when you yep. give him an extra week to prepare. Oh, coaching is a big... Um, you talk about J.J. Watt. Uh, that is it should be enough for everybody. If you're on the fence about who to root for in this game, if you need a rooting interest, you want the Chiefs to win because I can't take another week's worth of cutaways to T.J. Watt in the owner's box. and other. I, I just can't... I, it's enough already. It's too much. What's what's when worse for wide, you? What, okay, is it, it's nice, but it's uh, okay already. With is it Jamie Russell? Gatted, what's worse, the Russell mic'd up and post game, or the cutaways in Houston for you? 
Oh, I mean, no winners in that one. And by the way, when Chris Long was winning the Super Bowl, why not all the cutaways to Kyle Long in the box? I, I I'm glad they don't. That. There's nothing that made me more uncomfortable than doing, like, you know, my dad, when we were getting ready for New England, I was angry at the fact that I had to do a segment with him, and he knows it. Because um, I'm like, I don't, all this family shit, I've been dealing with the family stuff my whole life. You really think I want everybody in my family involved in everything I do on the field. And it's unfair to the other players. Like they have families too. Why is my family cooler? So yeah, the cutaways I'm, I'm with you. Well, listen, as a side note, I just want to plant the seed and we can revisit this at a later date. Yeah. I, I, okay. I hear your concerns. <laughs> I would like to do yeah. at your leisure. Yeah. I'd like to get your old man. Yeah. I'd like to get your brother. And I'd like to do, we don't have to shoot the entire picture. But I'd like to do a few choice scenes, uh, a remake of Broken Arrow. Oh, I'd love to. Would, we should we should hire a production company and yeah. just get on with it because here's what I want to do. You talk about Broken Arrow. I want to kick Christian Slater's son out of a moving train because that's what Christian Slater did to my dad in the movie. And I've been mm -hmm. holding on to that for 20 plus years. I thought it was fucked up, unrealistic. They had my dad do the, uh, the, you know, that scream that they use in every movie when he's falling into the gorge a couple hundred feet. I mean, it was just unrealistic. <laughs> I didn't like him playing second fiddle to Travolta, you know, like let's do it again, Dave. I'm with that. All right, let's do it. You can be your old man. Your old man okay. can be Travolta. We'll figure it all out. And Kyle can be a villain. Kyle will be okay. a perfect villain. Kyle. All right. All right. I love it all. This uh, let's uh yeah, put a put a pin in that as they say in show business and okay. we'll uh sweet. We'll revisit I'll talk that. To one one. Of I like my, that I'll one very much. I'll but, talk to one of my Hollywood yeah, I, 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 By the way, one other thing I was gonna say is too, the other thing that's phenomenal to me, JJ White, okay, he made a play in that game. How about the fact that Terrell Suggs, all the, the stuff about Frank Gore and yeah. deservedly being celebrated for do being relevant at his age. Terrell Suggs is two years older than Frank Gore. Oh, He's yeah. taking big snaps. Oh yeah. If, for a Super Bowl contender right now. That's I know. Pretty crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's the Cam Wake thing. When Cam Wake had been rolling the past few years and it kind of went away this year, um, Cam Wake was just one of those ageless wonders on that Frank Gore level. And I think Suggs might make a big play this week. I mean, how about Suggs, mm -hmm. if things line up next week, getting a shot to, to ruin Baltimore's year? Uh, so. And by the way, all due respect, Titans, I'm a fan of what you've been doing. Texans, you're a lot of fun to watch on a on the right weekend when we the weekend breaks yeah. right. But please, in the spirit, under uh, take this in the spirits intended. You must lose. We must get <laughs> Ravens Chiefs. That's it. What that's if we, the Super Bowl. What, that's the one. Don't deprive us of this. What if we get Tannehill Garoppolo or Tannehill uh cousins? What will happen uh, in the I Super mean, Bowl? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, Tell I, me what I, I always like I always like as a side note when fans, random fans wring their hands about like, oh, that's bad for the league. The ratings aren't going to be. What do you care yeah. about what the ratings are? Yeah, but stop. I like when people when people bring that stuff up, like, oh, if you get that, we're real bad for the league. Yeah, stop it. Right, You're going to watch anyway. It's not your concern. You're going to watch anyways. So finish it but, out. Uh, with, yeah, that would be bad. Uh, but yeah, come on. Don't, don't Please let us have Lamar Jackson versus Patrick. We've Mahomes been waiting. We've been line. waiting. Seahawks Packers eight and one on the road in the playoffs for the uh, the Hawks. Packers is seven and one at home this year. I don't believe in the Packers. I make no, if I pick the, the Seahawks w this week, which I have, it's personal against the Packers. Cause I'm just, I'm tired of it as, as a seed that high. I don't know if there's ever been one that, that was this bad. And they, they have some, some well hid issues this year. Their, their front as a whole doesn't play physical. Although I think Zedarius Smith should have been in the DPOI and should be in the DPOI conversation. Didn't even make a pro bowl. You know, I like Preston and all that, but Zadarius is the guy. He might be the best non-quarterback on the field on Sunday um, or on, yeah, Sunday night. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's, you know, the the rematch, if you're into rematches, the, uh, the dropped onside kick, uh, that whole thing. My big worry is, we mentioned it, the Smith brothers, you know, Russ gets sacked as much as anybody in the league. And he's going to need deep shots to win. They're going to need to not put the ball on the ground. And we got to hope if we're rooting for the Seahawks, and by the way, the Seahawks put the ball on the ground consistently. Chris Carson being gone is not the end of that. Um, they have, in their biggest four games this year at a point, 
they had given up a touchdown on special teams or on defense in all those games. They went 2-2 two and two in those games against mm. really good teams. So this is a team that's like prone to implosion. I think if they can control the clock and Marshawn and Homer can finish their little preseasons, because that's what this has been, and pound the rock, you never know what could happen. The Seahawks are 57-0 and with a four-point lead at halftime since 2012. That's crazy. The Packers start slow like they did against Detroit or Washington. If they sleep through this with the bye, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly for them. Interesting points. But you like the I'll Packers. I'll take the Packers. I I hate and by the way, I hate taking all the home teams in the divisional round. Yeah, some the best weekend in all the sports. Wild card weekend is good, but for the record, NFL divisional round weekend is the best. But um, I, so I hate to take all the home teams because that's lame, but that's what I'm going to do. 26-21, the Packers win this. And I'm with you completely on what ails that Packers defense, but I don't think I don't think Homer and uh, and what six touch Marshawn Lynch or whatever. How many yeah. catches is how uh, touches is he going to get to really impact things? I'm going to say he gets it, 12 touches. I think he's going to get I, north I just, of 10. I what and and I'm with you too about Russell Wilson is going to have to throws the sexiest deep ball in pro football, Mm -hmm. but um, the NFC's best secondary is Green Bay's. Also, if you buy that kind of stuff, it should be about ten degrees at game time. Aaron Rodgers over the course of his career is much better in cold games. So as much as that matters, which is why I thought Breeze going up to Lambeau would be interesting this week, but right. this is a pretty good one too. Cause these two teams, like you mentioned between Bostic in the, in mm-hmm. the most, uh, hor- I, I think that's the most painful loss totally. I've ever seen for a single team. Totally. I, I, they had nine chances to any play in the second half and overtime, any one of nine plays goes the other way. They survived that game. That is the worst game I've ever that they almost went into Seattle and knocked them off and interrupted the the would be dynasty. Yeah, that but, and they completely could have won that game. And as a side note, and I had no idea, Russ has never won at Lambeau. He's got more interceptions at ten and a lower rating versus the Packers than any team. So if I'm picking the Seahawks, I'm just fading all this. Um, and another thing is Marshawn never had a touchdown uh, in, in Green Bay. So. We'll see. I mean, does it? It's kind of like you're. You're. I forget what you were doing earlier, but you were like, "I'm gonna. I'm gonna break the the streak here. I'm breaking the streak on Seattle. I think it's ugly, but they get a win." And Clowney's right. got Clowney. I mean, I, the other thing I'll say is talk about narratives and everything else. Here's yeah. the twenty. Everybody like uh, the the ones that were forged a decade ago, and people continue to ride those. Like you said about Brady, get people refuse to not name him the number one quarterback in the NFL. It's like, are, are you watching the games? Because right. he's obviously not the best quarterback right, right now. Um, I, the story of 2019 that people have now taken a hard right turn and w- get with armed with the evidence of the last couple few seasons with Aaron Rodgers because, um, people had put him into, including me in the conversation for the best quarterback, uh, we'd ever seen. Yeah. And I still kind of stand by that. Um, physically, if, if, right. If, if what is wrong with your football team, if it's wrong with the, with the green Bay Packers, is that Aaron Rodgers is the issue? Then I'll take that going into right. the playoff. Yeah, it's not like he's he's not he's not forty two. It's not like his physical skills are so diminished that that's the issue. If it's like, well, our weak link has been Aaron Rodgers so far. I'll take my chance with that and him turning it around in uh, in January. Yeah, and listen, I, I don't think of him as the weak link. I think for them, it's it's all about Aaron Jones, and and he's been a machine. And I bet Mike McCarthy's sitting there watching, going, "Damn, I wish we'd have had an Aaron Jones." Or we, we, you know, if, if they win this game, it's going to because of, be because of him. Now, if you're the Seahawks, I'm going to tell you what you got to do. Clowney's got to wreak havoc like he did last week, and you know whatever you think of the hit, I thought it was dirty, but he's got to wreak havoc. Aaron has not thrown a pick. Under pressure since week 15, 2017. So fade that. And also he takes a long time to throw. Long shot clock guy. Moves well in the pocket. Here's what you do if you rush Aaron Rodgers. On the left side, on Balaga, you rush with power. You rush with balance. Don't even try to win. Just put the right tackle in A-Rod's lap. And then, you know, because Clowney's more comfortable on the defensive right. He goes over there, rush him however the fuck you want to rush him, and make Aaron move off the spot. Aaron wants to roll to Aaron's left, make him roll to his left. But do not let Aaron buy time and roll to the right because you're going to get burned on big plays. Just don't do it. 
Clowney's got to wreck the game. And all the people complaining about sack numbers through the year for Frank Clark, for Clowney, those are two guys I'm looking at you guys, and I love both of them as football players, especially Frank Clark as a rusher. I think he took a lot of shit. The sack numbers become irrelevant if you can get in the playoffs and wreck games. And that's what these two guys got to do. They make their money now. So uh, re- rehashing it uniform-wise, what are the what are the combos you want to see for Vikings, Niners, Titans, Ravens, uh, ball- Texans, Kansas City, and Seahawks, Packers? Um, I, uh, I like the, the Niners to me, I always hear stuff about them maybe changing those. And I know I even saw you talking about, you like the 94 throwbacks that they yeah, the wore NFC with the, West, the uh, old NFC West when Carolina, their old division foes that people I'm forget immune about to those. I'm immune to the charm of those getups. I don't okay. get the gold hat with all white underneath. It doesn't, and I didn't like the saints that much actually last week either they look like they had on their practice uniforms uh too much too much white you gotta yeah. have some stripes you're not in college fellas yeah, you're I in understand. the nfl stripe <laughs> up them pants a little yeah, bit would uh-huh. you yeah um i wish the vikings w- would wear their you know when they had the the road uniforms with the gold stripes on the shoulders and the white face masks but that's a pretty good one um titans at ravens is meh yeah um again to you know Navy helmet against black. That's not going to look that good. I guess the purple. Will, uh, Throw the electric okay. blue pants on. Electric blue pants, white top, all black, and it's salvageable. Okay, that'll be okay. Yeah, that's right. The Chiefs have good uniforms, but they're better on the road. The best uniform matchup possible is when the Chiefs go to Oakland Ooh, or to yeah. Vegas. They wear the red pants with the white jerseys. The Raiders have the best uh the best uniform won't look of them as all. cool. Won't look as cool indoor in front of a bunch of hungover businessmen. No, you're exactly right. That's right. But uh, yeah, so once you take away the that, black uh, hole California and, yeah. gold now or light, it's not going to be as grand mm-hmm. with snake stabler with the locks out of the back of the hat. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, so the Chiefs one should be okay. I mean the the. The Texans talk about a team that needs new getups. Uh, th- those are basically their same ones that they've worn all along. Yeah. And in fact, they made them worse by getting rid of the red socks. They couldn't be more utilitarian right. and forgetful what they wear. And then the last game, I guess that'll be fine. The The Packers at home always look good. It's bad. The, the key there is, like you say, the grass field, a Lambo. Maybe there'll be some snow on it. Yeah, the the puffs of smoke coming out beautiful. and all that. You know, you mentioned one thing I want to ask you about. Um, you mentioned Z Smith and company. Uh, or, or, or I'm sorry, you say Clowney should line up to get in uh, in, in Rogers' yeah. face. You know uh, Daniel Jeremiah. That, yeah. uh, he and I were talking years ago, and and it is a fascinating thing. I would rather, as a quarterback, I would much rather be blind to the guy bearing down. Oh, you got to have a left tackle because right. you can't let the QB get lit up from his blind side. But what impacts things more is the quarterback looking at the guy running at him is much more damaging. That's an interesting play, conversation right? because what you don't see can't hurt you. I, from a ball security standpoint, you know, that's yeah. what you worry about. But other than that, I think you make a great point. In, in, in the NFL now, there's been a movement away from like, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, it was, a, it was a stable of left tackles who were dominant and you knew who they were and that's what they did. And right tackles were maulers. But nowadays, as you move away from that, you know, Tackles are, are generally le- less physical, and the right tackles are just as good at the top. I mean, to me, Lane Johnson, Mitchell Schwartz, you know, Ramchek, those are elite tackles. Um, and the left tackles, we've got this crop that's kind of turning over. You know, it makes a di- big difference to not see um, Trent Williams in the game this year. I mean, he's still playing at a high level. When he comes back, he's still well, I'm sure. Uh, Stanley did a great job in uh, Baltimore this year. There's, there's yeah. names I'm forgetting, but that farce um, as far as right tackles and left tackles has changed completely. Now, different guys don't necessarily – Clowney can rush anywhere. Clowney can float. He can rush on the guard. He can line up at right end. He can line up at left end. Most guys like myself, you know, we're really good on one side. On one side, I feel left-handed. And so hmm. it was hard for me to ever know, are, are left tackles even that much better? Because I'm basically left-handed over here. You know, it'd be like facing better pitching, you know, left-handed. It's, it's, uh, so I think there, you might be onto something there. And I think in general, we need to stop, you know, talking shit about right tackles because they're not yesterday's right tackles. No. Yeah, that's right. And I defer always to, uh, to you and, uh, your kin who are at the line of scrimmage. I, one of the most pretentious or the most pretentious 
uh, things as uh, Football America's turned into cosplayers pretending that they really understand uh, the nuance of technique and everything. I I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, I love when guys, I love when, when rando 23 year olds tell me like, well, Anthony Munoz, he's the best left tackle of all time. Like based on what somebody based told you that, exactly. like, what, what you, could exactly. you evaluate that? You have no chance of value. Neither do I. And that's why I know you can't do it either. And there's, but, there's uh, that's why it's impossible to evaluate because mat- matchups make win fights. And you know, you're basically you could ask ten different defensive linemen who the best tackle is. You get four different answers, and it, and fans certainly, I we we love hearing what they have to say. But when it comes to proving somebody out as being the best of all time, it's really hard to measure certain positions. You know, it's it's very subjective. Well, yeah. It is fun, though. Here's a conspiracy theory that the Dolphins, they knew that they were going to tank the season and they assumed that they wouldn't be challenged on that and they would wind up with the number one overall pick that they were going to use on Tua. And that's why they could trade Laramie Tunsil because he doesn't need a left tackle because he's left-handed. He needs a right tackle. That's That's how they could get rid of Laramie Tunsil. That's really interesting, but I know Tom Brady's not going to appreciate that when he's down in Miami. Oh, look at the transition. Look who's a pro broadcaster now. That was that was neatly done. You want to talk Tom Brady? Yeah, why let, do you think he would go to the Dolphins? So I'm going to tell you why I think he'd go to the Dolphins. I have my entire list here, and 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 I'm going to ask you for your wild card. That's my wild card. Me and my co-host Macon are going to get into um, the rest of them point by point. But we talked about this off the air. If If they blow up New England, that's a big if. Okay, like everything we're talking about right now is if you assume we're playing the field. Um but I think Miami is the wild card. People talk about the Chargers, Indy, Chicago, Vegas, Dallas, Tennessee. I've heard all those names. Miami for me because you got B-Flow. B-Flow always loved and respected Tom. And if there is bad blood between Tom and Bill, which I don't know anything about, let's play this game. How much would that stick it to Bill if you go down and you beat Bill twice a year with Brian Flores, the guy that you know was 14 years in New England, Went up there week 17, beat the Patriots. Uh, he's uh, Brady's always lost down there. If you can't beat him, join him. You know, it's it's the it's a it's a it's a mini Kevin Durant thing. And I love Kevin Durant, by the way. I never I never want to get caught in the in the crossfire misunderstanding there as uh, as as who 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 figured that out the hard way this week, Kendrick Perkins. But um, you think that anything changes for the Pat? Like people say, if he goes down there, you know, you got to deal with the Pats. Well, if he goes down there, you don't have to deal with the Pats. They're going to be in some semblance of a transition. You talk about the Chargers, you'd have to chase Pat Mahomes. Would you rather chase the Pats with no Brady and the Bills, or would you rather chase Mahomes also TB12? I think they open up a super center down there. Who's working out a lot up in New England? No offense to New Englanders, it's not a fitness area. It might be a CrossFit in some (laughs) cold-ass garage gym, but in Miami, everybody works out. TB12... Uh, you got cap space. You get paid finally. Geography, family pictures on the beach, linen outfits, closer to Brazil. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that all makes sense. The lifestyle <laughs> stand side of it, except that it's only going to be four months of his life. Willie McGinnis, I brought my theory to him that the Chargers make sense yeah. uh, a, a couple few months ago. Yeah, and he disabused me of it. And his key piece of information was. Well, I happen to know that Giselle doesn't love L.A. I know that. And, like, and I know that, too. Fair. Okay, that's fair. And then I thought it through after the fact. I was like, wait a second. All right, so he'll be gone for he'll be gone for one season. He'll be gone for autumn 2020, if that's the case. That's it. So the Chargers make sense. The Dolphins, I hear you. And I know from, it's funny, when Le'Veon Bell a year ago was doing his stuff, and going through where he's going to wind up. Maurice Jones-Drew and Bell have the same agent, and so Maurice and I were talking consistently week for week about what's Levy and Bell saying. I'm saying he's going to go to the Ravens, isn't he? That's where he's right. going to wind up. Things are tracking in that direction. At some point, it felt like that was a legitimate uh, uh, possibility, and he said, I I told Levy in that. He should go there, and I said, right. why would you tell him to do that? And he said, because when I knew I wasn't going back to the Jags, I told my agent, Get me to the Colts. I want to play that team twice a right, year. Right. That weird chip on the shoulder thing that uh, that from Michael Jordan to Tom Brady that professional athletes want and need to, to motivate themselves is fascinating stuff to me. I just don't think that the, they're not going to be good. And they're not, the, the goal has to be for Brady 
wait, I can I can win, maybe win nine games, and that yeah. would make me a transformational guy for the Dolphins. Well, what's That's the goal if you stay, What's the goal if you stay in New England? Because they got twenty free agents. You know, you saw what they were this year. You really think they get that much better next year? It's going to be hard to keep that defense together. It's going to be hard to keep the core together of that team. If McDaniel's leaves, it's not really like what's there. I agree. I, I I'm surprised Belichick is still there as we speak. I thought I really thought, and uh, I guess this now makes me in hindsight uh, uh, look like a, a kooky uh, conspiracy theory, but I don't know if you've heard that uh, our society has been taken over by those. Uh, yeah, well, the yeah. I can be one of them. I'm just sometimes. getting on board. Yeah. Talk about can't beat yeah. them, join them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Belichick would go to the Giants because yeah. two years ago, I mean, you know, it 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 is all but fact. People who would know have told me um, that that was a legitimate thing that Brady and Belichick were at odds about the Garoppolo thing. I guess you were there um, yeah. around that time, and I was told that Brady would have retired had you beaten the Eagles in that Super Bowl. Right. But then he had a new fire lit underneath him, and now you ha- now uh, they win another Lombardi last year as a result. But okay. Kraft sides with uh, Brady on that one. Now, two years later, Belichick, who wanted to keep Jimmy G to be the successor to Brady, now is looking at Jimmy G and saying, oh, yeah, he's the number one seed across uh, across the country right, right now. That's got to make him kind of raw as he now has to deal with the uncertainty of what's he going to do. Right. And, um, I, you know, there's, there's that uh, thing. So maybe you go I play for that- the Rams. Maybe you go well, play hey, for the Rams and play for nothing because you're going to make a hundred plus million off the field and say fuck it, we'll eat the Jared Goff cap hit. He's the most expensive backup in history, or we figure something out. And you've got this offensive guru, and that's another thing is when you talk about older quarterbacks, whether it was Favre or you know, or whether it was Peyton, the the system matters. He's going to want a system that's kind of like what he ran. And depending on these spots, you go down a list. There's a lot, like people talk about Chicago, Andy Reid system. That's what Nagy wants to run. And by the way, you know, do you really want to, you've been outside for three hours, you know, in an ice bath, essentially a 20 year ice bath. You want a hot shower. There's no hot shower in Chicago. That's Miami. It's LA. I just don't see him going somewhere else cold as hell. Well, I I'm with you. The, 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 the idea that you can't do stuff like there's certain, there's certain rules that, well, of course you would never take a quarterback in the first round the year after you took a quarterback in the first round. And then Cliff Kingsbury comes along and blows that all up. And yeah. it's like, Oh, I guess we could do that. If we want to do that, it's the same thing. Like, well, they already paid Jared Goff or they're already paying Jimmy G if Jimmy G and I just picked them to win the game, but let's say I'm wrong. What if he has a Jake Delone level? Not, I don't mean a bad game. I mean, a disaster. Five, five yeah. And people are saying, man, this team was good enough to win the Super Bowl, And that guy threw it away. Is Tom Brady competitive enough? Is he sort of soulless enough on some level that he would say to the guy who he had traded away and they share an agent and all that stuff? Would Tom Brady say like, yeah, I want to go to San Francisco. Jimmy G will play back up again for another year. So so you talk about proving yourself right. And real quick, because I got to run, but you talk about proving yourself right, Dave. I would be the happiest person on the planet if Tom Brady went, I would feel bad for Jimmy G. If Tom Brady went to San Francisco, I wrote an article this summer for SI when I was throwing shit on the wall. That was my summer Miami. This is my my winter uh, San Francisco. I said that Tom was going to end up in San Francisco because San Francisco was going to be really good, but at some point they were going to bang their head on Jimmy G's ceiling, which is higher than I thought. But still, say he has that implosion of a game. Tom to San Francisco, boyhood favorite team, Jimmy G back to New England, Super Bowl, what happens? That just I, I mean, feel like, yeah, Tom says he's not nostalgic and all that, but I did say to him at that Super Bowl, again, the uh, at, uh, at the media night, I asked him, you have one game to win, Tom. You or Joe Montana, who's the better starting quarterback to have? And, of course, he was selfless and, uh, and, and modest, and he said, oh, got to go with Joe in that one. But I do think that as he looks for meaning in his final days gotta be as meaning. a NFL gotta be quarterback, meaning. Right. I think he would. I mean, yeah, of course, you would love to put that on. I bet he would feel gross like it had to feel weird for any of those guys for uh, Joe Namath to pull on a Rams jersey. 
I got to think Tom Brady would be grossed out by the idea, like just pulling on a rando jersey, a yeah. Colts jersey. Yeah. How bad does he want to stick at the Belichick? That's that the, seem that's weird the thing about free agents. And I did it like late in my career. You know, I could have kept playing. But for me, I was like, I need I, I'm not going to go play somewhere random to go try to get 10 sacks, 10 more sacks or like make a million or two more dollars. If, you, if you've done what you want to do and nobody's done more of what they want to do than Tom Brady. And I'm just a regular cat, but I can identify with. If you're going to keep going, you have a choice, and it's a crossroads. A lot of people go, well, it's a it's a binary money discussion, or it's winning, or it's it's a combination of everything. You have to find a, a pro in each place, and it might not be the same pro that you're evaluating in each place. It's a sliding scale. It's pluses and minuses, and in, in San Francisco, it would be winning, and it would be meaning. In Miami, it'd be more business and possibly comfort and family. I mean, each place could be different. So we'll see how it unfolds. Um, it's Chargers, fun. the best spots, Chargers or Niners, unless they wind up in the Super Bowl, then the Niners would have no incentive to do that. But Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, they just fix that offensive line. They're ready to roll with a good defense. He could go out as a as a Super Bowl champion. I, I really uh, think that that could happen. Boom. I love it. Well, we'll see what happens, Dave. And I appreciate you taking all this time, man. This is fun. You got to come back on. I'll, we'll do a home and home. Uh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get with you. You get with me again. So I appreciate you. This has well, been you're. As I've said many times, you know, you're uh, not a great uh, football guy. You're one of the great human beings that walks the face of the earth. Shit. Uh, society is better for having you. And you got to hook up with Dos Equis yeah. because they need to do a thing. The most interesting man in the football universe, because you'd be <laughs> on my short list. You'd okay, be in the top good. five or six. We'll hash you, that Brian out. Baldinger. We, oh, we, Baldy. we figure out who'd make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Baldy would be up there. We'll, we'll, let's make a big list and do it, do it again sometime. I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, pal. Okay, brother. Enjoy the games. See you. Be well. Okay.